What is up, everybody? Episode 12 of the Will Wonder Pod. I hope you've all been doing well since the last podcast. Uh, episode 12 is sponsored by Hepius, your number one place to go for premium CBD products at a fraction of the cost. No THC, so no worries if you are drug tested. It is locally sourced and third party tested. Wow. Blah. Like I haven't done this ad a couple times already. Uh, locally sourced and third party tested. Um, as you know, I have been using the number 14 roll on for those aches and pains because my back still hurts from working out damn near two weeks ago, which shows you that I need to get my ass in gear because summer is right around the corner. Uh, in any event, go ahead and check out Hepius at hepiusmed.com. That is H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. And we have a code. Use code WONDER at checkout for 10% off of your purchase. Once again, that is hepiusmed.com and use code WONDER, W-O-N-D-E-R, for 10% off of your purchase. Want to start this week's episode off by giving a happy birthday shout out to one of my wife's best friends, one of my good friends, Kobe. Um, she was my wife's maid of honor at the wedding. Uh, just a fun ass person to be around. Obviously, we haven't seen each other very much uh, during the pandemic, but Kobe, I hope you have an amazing birthday filled with Pilates, you know, your dog, um, alcohol, if you'd like. And, you know, a few Morris Chestnut films, you know, since obviously you're a Morris Chestnut fan. That's why I would be saying that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, happy birthday week to you, Kobe. Okay, so what's been going on since the last pod? Uh, my wife and I started Last Chance You on Netflix. We're oh, about five, yeah, we're five episodes deep and I'm really loving it. I've always loved the series, um, but it's really fun to watch it from a basketball perspective um and this coach is easily the nicest coach out of all of them if you've seen any of the previous episodes you know what exactly i am talking about so um make sure you check that out if you haven't uh, always a fun series uh, what else has been going on uh, my wife and i were lucky enough to get vaccinated on saturday uh, and we got the johnson johnson vaccine so one shot and you're done um, afterwards we felt fine uh, that was until late that night around 3 a.m man i tell you what um had the chills then i was sweating uh was hot small fever um pounding headache um i will say the headache was probably due to um drinking too much the night before with my brother-in-law um so i blame him for the headache but everything else i blame on the vaccine uh, but obviously well worth uh well worth it to uh try to get back to some sort of normalcy sunday night we had the grammys and you know there were some fun performances it was a good show all in all i didn't agree with uh all of the winners but generally that's how i am that's that's to be expected uh, i was really happy to see Nas get his first grammy for a great album that he had put out this past year um he, he honestly should have won it one of the other 13 times he was nominated but uh at least he got one so um congratulations to Nas. monday we were 
um, celebrating my son's third birthday. And it was a, a busy, busy day. We went to uh, the museum here um, in Salt Lake City, um, close to the University of Utah. They have a really great dinosaur exhibit. So he was in heaven. He loves dinosaurs. I mean, between that, deep sea creatures and, you know, Blippy slash PJ Mask. Um, that's his world, really. So he was in heaven. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it as well. You know, after that, finally got in his nap. Um, after his nap, was able to open some presents, and we just had a fun, a uh, fun night. Uh, we did, um, you know, take away his binky. We had been trying to prepare him for that <laughs> for the last month and a half, saying, "Once you turn three, there's no more bink." And um, it um, it went smoother than expected but it didn't go smooth i'll just leave it at that hence why i'm recording this podcast at 10:45 p.m tuesday night when usually it's all wrapped up by this time and sometimes it's even out but uh i digress <laughs> um okay before i jump into the nba notes and uh, beyond, I just want to let you know this podcast will be a little bit shorter, uh, partially due to me recording it so late. Uh, but also earlier today, I had a very special interview with a special guest that I will have on next week's pod. So um, that conversation was a bit longer. So this week it's going to be a little bit shorter. Next week um, it'll be a little bit longer. So just wanted to get that little bit of info out of the way. All right, let's look at the NBA notes for um, this past week. So, uh, Joel Embiid hyperextends his left knee, uh, and they're saying he's going to be out two to three weeks. It really was a scary fall. So, at first sight, you were like, ugh, you know, you were kind of um, kind of worried that it would be longer than that. They're calling it a bone bruise, saying there's no structural damage, which is good. Um, but at the same time, it's scary with how big he is, could be a nagging injury, and you know, he, uh, as a player has had a history of injuries while in the NBA, uh, it's kind of sad as well. Cause he was a leading candidate for MVP in mine and many people's minds. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this affects Philly. A lot of their offense comes on um, from double teams on Embiid. So Ben Simmons, um, will need to step up and, and also Tobias Harris will need to elevate his game even more than he already has while Embiid is out. Um, and, and you kind of look at the rest of the East, this is a perfect, perfect chance for Brooklyn to, uh, surpass Philly and take that number one seed. Uh, what else? Um, update on Anthony Davis, AD, um, for my mother-in-law, she had listened to a previous podcast. And when I said AD, she was thinking Adrian Dantley. So that lets you know how OG my mother-in-law is, uh, as well as my father-in-law. He thought the same thing. So Anthony Davis, the new AD, uh, they're saying he is out a minimum of three more weeks. I truly believe it's going to be even longer than that. You don't have to play him. The Lakers are more than likely going to finish in that top three, top three seating. Um, so there's no reason to rush him back. It is a very um, sensitive injury. So again, you know, they're going to be leaving him out as long as they possibly can. Okay, then you look over to Houston, who, you know, we talked about their struggles last week. Um, they're saying John Wall needs surgery, but he should be back this season. I mean, if I'm the Rockets and I plan on having John Wall 
on the roster next year, there's no point in bringing him back. Uh, unless he absolutely wants to play, like if if it's if it's a scenario where he's going to need surgery, just get the surgery done now. Um, you know they're they're looking to move Victor Oladipo, PJ Tucker wants out. It's really bad down in Houston right now, but I think for the future they're set up for success. You, a lot of you probably saw the game that they had against the Jazz, where they had nine guys on the roster, um, a number of which were just recently in the G League. Guys like Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, and Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, they looked. The young players look decent, and they actually hung with the Jazz, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But again, going back to John Wall, I don't see any point in bringing him back if Houston plans on keeping him going forward. Um, another note here, the real Mello, yes, Carmelo Anthony, uh, passed Akeem Olajuwon as the 11th all-time leading scorer. Um, Mello looks great, and it makes me happy because I feel... Like he has accepted his role and is flourishing in it. A lot of people were counting him out. Uh, I just hope some way, somehow, he can find a way to get a championship before he retires. I don't know if that happens in Portland. So, you know, hopefully he can make it to a, a contender. I love Portland's roster, though. And the game that just happened was insane. Uh, which brings me to my next topic with CJ McCollum coming back from his fractured foot. He hadn't played since January 16th. Um, he had an okay game tonight against New Orleans. He shot, honestly, he didn't shoot great. Three for 11 for 10 points in 26 minutes, 27 minutes. Um, but it was good to see him back out there. For a majority of the game, switching to the New Orleans side of things, watching Zion be point Zion, um, you know, a lot of people might remember point forward. Uh, like Anthony Mason. So Zion's like Anthony Mason, but 10, 100 times more athletic, more quick. Um, it's just really hard for a team to guard Zion when he's the primary ball handler. And that high screen and roll uh, or screen and pop is proving to be even more difficult for teams to defend. Um, so New Orleans is starting to look like what I thought they would be in my preseason predictions for them. So that makes me happy. Um, I mean, I tell you, they they really blew this game tonight, though, against Portland. I was going to bring up the fact that, you know, Damian Lillard was a player who probably minus Steph Curry has the ultimate green light and can shoot the worst shots at times. But, you know, oftentimes they go in. There's a reason they call it Dame time. Um and I was all prepared to talk about this. And then Portland came rumbling back with about five minutes left. They were down 11. They come back and end up winning the game on some really bad defensive plays and uh, from, from New Orleans, as well as an awful inbounds play from uh, Alexander, or I guess non-inbounds play from Alexander. In any event, um, <laughs> Portland got one. Uh, I think they... In, in a sense, they earned it, but in, a, in another sense, uh, New Orleans lost it. So, but again, really love seeing that point forward Zion roll. And um, I think that they could be a very scary team getting in uh, into the playoffs. So, all right. 
Um, a few more NBA notes, and then we are going to get to some NCAA tournament info. Um, I <laughs> pre-podcast, I had this whole thing prepared about if the Jazz lost against Boston tonight, that um, you know they would be more of a pretender than a contender, and they were going to finish fourth in the West. But they went into Boston. They got a hard-fought victory. Uh, granted, the Celtics aren't the same Celtics that we've seen the past two years as far as quality of play goes. Um, but Utah, they look great. They bounce back after getting their asses whooped by Golden State. Uh, Jazz are such a great shooting team. The three-point percentages are out of this world from, I think it's like seven players shooting over 36% or eight players, something crazy like that. Um, and in all honesty, if they aren't playing one of the top three to four centers in the league, Gobert is untouchable. So the issue comes when they are playing those guys, Joel Embiid, uh, Jokic. When, when he's playing centers like that, he seems to, um, I don't know if it's a mental thing, but he just doesn't play as well. And it's not like these games go back and forth. Generally, they're getting the best of him. So if he can figure that out and the Jazz continue to shoot like this, uh, you know, sky's the limit for Utah. Uh, so we will see what happens when the playoffs get here. Uh, but again, I'm eating a bit of, what do they say, eating crow. Uh, I had this whole thing ready to go, and I'm kind of glad that I'm recording this so late so I could watch that Utah-Boston game and then also see the awful ending <laughs> of the New Orleans-Portland game. Okay, one more NBA note uh, is that the trade deadline is really creeping up on us. So um, there's a lot of potential moves and trades. It's going to get pretty crazy. Um, I've said it on previous podcasts, but look for the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, all to be buyers, aggressively seeking help to get them, you know, feeling comfortable for the playoffs. Boston has been linked to um, the Hawks' John Collins, though I honestly don't think that does much for them. Their issue is they are so small, in my opinion. So when they're playing, uh, you know, for example, Philly with Joel Embiid, or they're playing a guy like Giannis, they don't have anyone that can defend them. And I'm not saying anyone can defend either one of those guys, but the people that they're putting against them, Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson, um, Williams, like they need something else. So look for them to Try to find a big, again, they're saying John Collins, so we'll see how that would work. Uh, the Lakers have been linked to Drummond, and we're going to have to see what happens there. The Drummond thing is is leaning more towards a buyout, which is just crazy to me that the Cavs can't get anything in return for him when he's a potential all-star, one of the up-and-coming bigs in the NBA. But, you know, sometimes I don't understand certain things when it comes to trades and buyouts. Um lastly uh you know the magic my magic <laughs> they they may be moving uh aaron gordon evan fournier but i swear to god if they move vucevic i'm gonna lose my shit so okay let's get into a little bit of ncaa march madness talk this NCAA March Madness discussion is brought to you by my good buddy Gabino Grimes and his website, utahrapper.com. He has a number of really cool shirts, uh, hoodies, hats, beanies. 
Um, so check it out, utahrapper.com and use code WONDER for 15% off of your purchase. Once again, that is utahrapper.com. Use code WONDER for 15% off of your purchase. We have officially entered one of my favorite times of year. The weather is starting to get nicer. The days are getting longer. Girl Scout cookies are available. Thin mints, my top choice, by the way, in case anyone wants to send me some Girl Scout cookies. Baseball's in spring training, so everyone has a chance to win the World Series at this point. NBA is post-All-Star, so that's heating up, and the NCAA tournament begins. So like every year since high school, minus last year when the tournament was canceled, I fill out my bracket, I print it out, I get my highlighter, yes, I get my black marker, yes, that's correct, I print it out, I get a highlighter and a black marker, and I hope that I have more yellow highlights than black crossouts by day three. <laughs> um, so let's get into, into this. I want to give some quick tips here. For you, if you haven't been watching any college basketball, maybe you've been watching just a little bit, but you want to do a bracket. So, uh, number one tip, stay away from the Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods, what are those? Those those um, great college basketball teams that have a history of being great. So, it's not going to be too hard to stay away from half of those Blue Bloods because they didn't make the tournament. The NCAA uh, basketball season saw Duke and Kentucky have awful seasons and not even make the NCAA tournament. Um, I would also say stay away from the remaining Blue Bloods like Kansas or, yes, my North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, uh, you don't want to advance them too far in your bracket. So Kansas has the best odds out of the quote unquote blue bloods to win the tournament. But with that said, their odds are plus 4,200. So there are about 16 teams um, that have better odds than Kansas. So maybe you move them on to the sweet 16, uh, but I don't know. That's a big maybe. So take that tip for what it's worth. The favorites, you have Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois. Um, I only really see two of these that have a real possibility of winning it at all, and those are Gonzaga and Illinois. Both have very deep rostered, uh, rosters, solid stars. Illinois' team has won 14 out of their last 15 games. They have a really great combo uh, of these two players, uh, Dasan Mu and uh, Kofi Coburn. Last name looks a little different than Coburn, C-O-C-K-B-U-R-N, but I'm glad they say Coburn because growing up with a nickname like that. Anyways, um, uh, Coburn is a great center, and um, he's had a really good season. So that gives Illinois a really good chance, uh, in my opinion, to win the national championship. The other favorite would be Gonzaga. They have three really great college players on the roster in Suggs, Kispert, and Timmy. And the only thing really uh, stopping, I guess, Gonzaga from winning the whole thing is history. So Gonzaga is trying to become the first men's team to finish undefeated and win the national championship since the 1976 Indiana Hoosiers. That's a very, very long time since an undefeated team has won the national championship. So take that for what it's worth. 
um, some some good possible quote unquote underdogs that you could go with, in my opinion, are Oklahoma State and Texas. So Oklahoma State has a guy that I'm going to talk about a little bit later by the name of Cade Cunningham, great player. Um, so as long as he continues to play the way he's playing and has been playing all year, they have a very good chance to win the NCAA title. Touching on Texas for a moment, um, really talented roster. They've won six out of their last seven games, and they have one of the best coaches in college basketball in Shaka Smart. So you can look for Texas to make a deep run and again, uh, quote unquote, underdog that I think has a chance to win it all. Uh, Of course, one variable that is hard to account for this season in the NCAA tournament is, you know, COVID. It's affected every other sport as well. Um, So that's the thing. So, So my predictions could very well be busted early due to a team not being able to compete or certain players not being able to play. You just don't know. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but um, it's something to keep in mind. So in a sense, this would be the most unpredictable college basketball championship tournament ever. So like we have with everything else this year, we will sit and watch and hope for the best. (laughs) Um, If you are a very uh, non NCAA basketball watching person, you know, there's a lot out there that that love the NBA but can't stand to watch college basketball for whatever reason. I don't understand it, but there's a lot of people like that. Um, and and maybe you want to watch a little bit of the tournament and follow a couple of players that have a potential to be something special at the next level in the NBA. I want to give a couple of those players names out and let you know when they play. So the first one would be 6'8 guard Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State who by all means should be the first pick in the NBA draft uh, this summer. Oklahoma State plays Friday at 4.25 p.m. Uh, The second player would be 7-foot center Evan Mobley out of USC. Um, Man, Mobley can really do it all and has a great uh, great size, obviously, at 7-foot. He can shoot from outside, can handle the ball. Um, and, and he's predicted as going high as number two in the draft. USC plays Saturday, March 20th at 2.30 p.m. The third player would be six foot four guard Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. Um, I've seen him in a couple of mock drafts go anywhere from like three to five in the NBA draft. Their first game in the tournament is Saturday uh, the 20th at 7.20 p.m. The fourth player to watch is a six foot nine forward out of Florida State. Um, his name is Scotty Barnes, and you know he could go anywhere between maybe the fifth and seventh pick. And their first game is Saturday, March twentieth at ten forty five a.m. So I gave you four players there, and it seemed to be that I left a a couple of picks out. And the reason being, uh, two players that. Um, didn't end up going to play in college basketball. They they decided to play in the G League, and those two players are Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, both of these guys opted to go to the G League, like I said, rather than college. Um, and this is becoming a strong alternate option for uh, players coming out of high school, top-tier players who don't want to go to college and they don't want to go overseas. 
Um, so it makes me wonder how the NCAA will cope with that. You know, you had, again, like I said earlier, blue bloods of the NCAA that didn't even make the tournament this year, Kentucky and Duke. And, um, you know, you, you would think that maybe these guys in previous years would have went to one of those schools and could have turned around a program almost all on their own. Uh, but it's, I mean, obviously that's hard to say. There's a lot of different variables that go into that, but, um, you'd have to think that, you know, these are the top schools and these players would have went there. Um, the G league is offering elite, what they, what they call elite prospects, $500,000 coming out of high school to play for a year. So shit, if I'm a, a kid at 18, and I can go make 500000 in the G League or I can go to college. <sighs> you better believe I'm going to the G League because I can go back to school at any time. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this affects college basketball going forward. So we are actually going to wrap up the show now. I did say a little bit earlier it's going to be a bit uh, of a shorter show. I hope you all enjoy the NCAA tournament. I'll give a little bit of an update next week on how my bracket is performing. Hopefully, um, it's very well, (laughs) Uh, but you just never, never know. So before we head out, I want to go ahead and give away some roses. Give me my roses now. Don't wait till I'm underground. Give them the roses now. Don't wait till they're underground. Okay, the roses this week go to everyone who showed love to my little guy on his third birthday. Whether it was a call, a text, an Instagram message, um, we really did feel the love and he felt the love. So thank you very much uh, for that. Excited to, you know, just like everybody else, I'm excited to be out of this pandemic so we can have a very big party for his fourth birthday, especially since his last two birthday parties were either canceled or somewhat non-existent due to COVID. Um Okay, we're going to head out now. Everyone enjoy the games this weekend. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow everywhere else. Uh, catch me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder and follow us on Instagram at The Will Wonder Pod. Talk to you guys next week. Peace.